welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about all the characters we kind of didn't get to talk about last week yet. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we cover chapters five through eight of Fate of the Jedi, book nine, Apocalypse, by Troy Denning. In an NPR. One of my favorite Star Wars authors, because I've mostly only read these series, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. We've read the Darth Bane stuff. I've read a few Darth Vader books. We read the NJO, Killix, whatever. I guess Killix is all Troy Denning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know. He's a good And author. maybe that was where I really got into the guy as an author of Star Wars, was when I got a cohesive entire trilogy out of a singular author. When all I'd read before was X-Wing books by maybe Michael A. Stackpole, maybe Aaron Alston, maybe various writers. Mm-hmm. I've read the NJO by uh, 19 books by, I don't know, 12 different people. <laughs> They're all over. These books are, are three people at a time uh, over nine book trilogies. Triple trilogies. Maybe that's why he's my favorite. Because he's actually the only Star Wars writer that's told a complete story one to three in a book for me that I've read. Now, the Darth Bane duology can rival that, right? And those are also some of the most beloved Star Wars books because it's Drew Carpition one and two. Yeah. It's the same. I think so. I might be wrong, actually. Uh, now that I no, say I it. think it is. I think and it there's is. there's three of them. By there's the way. three of them. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Um, I don't think you've ever actually read the third one. I don't. You know what? I guess I haven't. So that would explain why you only thought there were two. But no, I think he does all of them. He's also he does some of the uh, NJO books too. I think. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And we'll get there in a few years. Well, we're gonna start it. I mean, we'll get there in October, I guess. Yeah, September. Just, just a few months. We're gonna. You know start what? Because we're gonna start this book right now. Let's do it. Bum bum bum. Previously on Forever Canon, the Jedi Order smuggles itself back to Coruscant when Dorvin is tortured and rehired. Jedi slaughter many Sith in cold blood. Alana is nine, with visions of endangered lizard babies. That was last week. Mm-hmm. This week we start with chapter five. Characters we didn't really get to talk about last week. Han Solo and his Millennium Falcon rescuing Jedi at the Academy on Oss is about to make, quote, maybe the toughest run underlined ever. <laughs> In his life, that's saying a lot, right? Yeah, he's had a lot of hard runs. There's there's Sith, there's fog. And as we continue to start this ninth book, we set the stakes. Yeah. Every encounter that we've had so far has been life and death, life and death, life and death. Because we're at the ninth book of a nine book series, man. We're at the end of a triple trilogy. This is Return of the Jedi Part 3. Mm-hmm. It is. It's the third hardest Return of the Jedi. Like, you go harder every time. But here we are. Setting the stakes. And why is it so difficult to escape from Ossus, Tim? Well, there's... There's Sith. There's the the dual suns, which never mind having to, fog. to fly the Millennium Falcon, which according to some may be a piece of space junk. Well, <laughs> it's old, but <laughs> so is Han. He does all right. Uh, but the because of the two suns, it's like in the summer, so every all the water is like evaporating. It's not even fog. like, isn't it so weird? It's not even like the summer. It's like a, 
It's it's like a cosmological solstice event. Yes, yeah, seven like, weeks of brightness. It's like a rare generational event where the the planet and the suns all align in this really hot pocket where everything on Osis gets turned to vapor by the two suns that are like hanging out right next to it. Yeah. It's traveling through like the tightest spot in its dual sun orbit. Which apparently, you know, I didn't realize Osis had a dual sun, much like Tatooine. Yeah, I didn't either. But that's where we are. And it's taken a long time to pack up this entire Jedi temple. And it's not actually taking a long time. Han just thinks it is. They've only been there for like 45 minutes or something. Well, I would say relative to the amount of time that they have to live. Well, yeah. Because even in the last episode, we knew there's Sith out there waiting. They're waiting for them to leave the atmosphere and they're coming to get them. There's danger all around because the galaxy is in control in the hands of evil people. Mm -hmm. It's bad news out here. Not only do we have... Yeah, that was a hard shoulder crack, eh, with a single point. I wonder if that came up on the mic. Not only do we have the fog, not only do we have the scramble of evacuation, not only do we have the Sith launching their uh, attack from a not-so-secret staging facility on whatever the hell world, the stakes are high, and they've been high ever since the very beginning of this book. Yeah. And now we're in Chapter 5, and... Either we rescue all the Jedi from Osses, or they all get murdered by Sith in the fog. Yeah, they're also trying to organize this all. And when I read it, right, it's children they're trying to organize. Well, because as well. they're students, it's a, yeah. it's an academy. It's it, yeah, it's, a it's not the Jedi Temple where it's all knights and masters and blah 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 and, mostly. Yeah, and, they, and whatever occasional training apparently happens or doesn't happen there. But you know, they have they're a franchise. Yeah, there's McDonald's in every neighborhood. <laughs> and so they've got to evacuate the students, the staff, the families, and all the equipment galore because they don't have access to resources anymore. The Sith are in charge of the government and thus, thus the galaxy. And they may not ever be able to come back here, so they're taking everything. As much as they can. Yeah. P.S. Apparently C-3PO is helping Raynar Thull figure out what Abeloth is. And where she's disappeared to. Wink! <laughs> uh, I mean, we know. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we really know now. <laughs> but, like, why why 3PO and why Raynar Thull? And why all this time into this series? Why at the last book is it finally a good idea to figure out what she is? <laughs> it's, time to, it's time to research her 6,000 pages later. <laughs> yeah. But... The Raynar Thull and Wind Dorvin connection, because Wind Dorvin having been captured and tortured by Abeloth and then now rehired as her, you know, clerk of paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> of the galaxy of the, he's, he's now the, of the stars. Uh, or, sorry, Galactic Alliance Chief of State of the Stars. Whatever she may want to call herself. That's an interesting connection because that was the man that Wind Dorvin ran up the steps through Mandalorians to go. Save from having a deadly lunch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're. I think this is drawing an obvious connection. And if if I'm guessing correctly, that's a Troy Denning thing. He wrote Raynar Thull so heavily in the Killick trilogy, mm-hmm. which, as we just alluded to earlier or spoke about earlier, is you know a singular, artistically focused story from mm-hmm. a single author. 
it's not surprising. In in the Troy Denning books in the series, you know, Raynar Thul becomes a point of interest. Yeah, least. they all like to bring in their favorite their favorite characters in some way or another, and yeah, that he with, brings Raynar uh, Thul up almost right away. Yeah, exactly. And well, speaking of coming up right away, the the Sith are coming earlier than we expected. Uh oh, and now it's big hurry time because it's taking longer than we expected to get out of here. Because there's this many students and that many faculty and this many families. Involved. Yeah, there's a lot of numbers involved. Hang, it lays out for Han Solo, right? The uh, Sith come blasting in, and it's a fog full of Sith. You can't tell where they are, and you can't tell where they're going, and you can't tell where they're coming from. You can't target them. You can't avoid them because they're Force users. But they can target you because they can sense you in the Force, right? So it's like you're completely outgunned, and also you're outnumbered. They come blasting in, and they're shooting the Falcon to bits. But they seem Han and Leia Solo and Terran Zell in the co-pilot seat and R2-D2 wheeling around somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to have made it clear of the, of the Sith attack. At a certain point, they leave this whatever trajectory they're supposed to be on, and they end up getting attacked by Hape and Mytils, and they're like, whoa, you guys have entered the free fire zone and you've left the escape zone vector and blah, blah, blah. I'm saying zone a lot just for yeah. you, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Right. But they get back on course and it seems like everything's pretty much fine. They made it out. It seems, uh, sounds like at least 10 out of 12 of the transports that were rescuing all the Jedi here have made it out. And Terran Zell at some point in here. Yeah. It makes a, a odd comment for a, for a Hapen woman. She's tells Leia that Han was a good pick. He, she's impressed with with Han doing right. doing this flying. She gives a compliment to a man. To a man. <laughs> yeah. Which is so funny, right? Like that that's that's your entire society's character is like we don't respect men. Which is really just a reflection of the entire world that we actually live in in opposite world. <laughs> yeah. Where you know what? Turns out the world of men at large don't respect women. You should, though. They're pretty cool. Yep. Did my, you have a mom? I bet she was cool. My mom's great. Did you ever have, uh, ever have a girlfriend? Or like a wife? Or like a crush? I bet she was a good person. Did you ever have a sister? I bet she was good. Did you ever have a cousin, a niece? I almost said nephew. <laughs> <laughs> Those two words just go in tandem. But anyways, point being... Uh, what a dumb reflection, right? Yeah. But the point being, I said point being too many times there. Sure. Chapter six. When Dorvin is taking in the entire landscape of Fellowship Plaza, where I think in my imagination, if I'm correct, it's, it's like this giant park area between mm-hmm. the Galactic Alliance Senate building and the Jedi Temple. Yeah, I I picture it a lot like Central Park Probably in New many York. Stories of Central Park. Yeah, there's there's like little cafes and benches and fountains and all sorts of stuff. Just... Right, and here he is, a freeish man, Windorvin. I don't haven't heard about Pocket yet, but he's out here looking over the vast majority of uh, comes comesers and gozers. <laughs> gozers from Ghostbusters. Don't say don't, don't uh... say the first thing ever again. <laughs> But he's looking over all the free people here who don't even know there's a war coming to Coruscant. On here, already, the Jedi are waging war against the Sith on Coruscant. And Abeloth is very unhappy 
that there's still so many Jedi here. Mm-hmm. And we go into a whole conversation about numbers. We're like, how many Jedi are here? When Dorvin says probably a few hundred, it seems like on Coruscant. But in total, across the galaxy, there's probably about a thousand. Updated numbers from the last book where Luke Skywalker, two books ago, I guess, left the entire, with the entire Jedi Order from Coruscant. It was about a hundred people. Yeah. The entire Jedi Temple, I guess. Could this be Wyn Dorvin trying to play it up because he's I actually a good guy? I wondered side? the same thing, too. Is he trying to make it seem more dangerous for Abeloth and the Sith than it really is so that he can stall them from, I guess, whatever, what, what comes up later in the chapter. But to continue going through the numbers, that's a really good point. Yeah. To continue going through the numbers, there's about a thousand Sith in the, or a thousand Jedi in the entire galaxy, but they're here on Coruscant in a couple hundred, and they've killed about one thousand Sith, with approximately five thousand Sith left in various positions of power across mm-hmm. the government and populace of Coruscant. The ten to one outnumbering that we heard about in the last book has very quickly diminished into a five to one. Yeah, that's if much better odds. We are to trust, as you say, good point. If we are to trust Windorvin's evaluation, yeah, because you know he took the job just so that he wouldn't die. Yeah, he's not. He didn't take the job because he's a bad guy now. No, and so you know a lot of this chapter is actually focused on Windorvin's sort of inner machinations, his inner perspective of how. How am I going to resist this evil long enough to give good time to prevail and persevere? Yeah. And the only numbers you can trust in there because it's coming from both sides is the number of Sith. That so have been a thousand have died and, and 5,000 are left. And even then, maybe that's not true. Maybe there's more Sith than she's admitting or he's admitting. Sorry. Maybe there's more Sith than they're admitting and maybe there's more that have been killed. Mm-hmm. Then they're admitting, because wouldn't that be very Sith? Keep your numbers secret and don't admit to the amount of defeats that you've suffered. Yeah, that would be very Sith. So maybe all these numbers are are quite yeah. inaccurate. Now numbers that are a lie. Take a moment to analyze them. I just hit my <laughs> reflex with my <laughs> with my wrist on my uh, on my knee there. But you know, last book it was ten to one, mm-hmm. and now you know it seems to be five to one. We can't find these sneaky Jedi though, and Abeloth is. Feeding. When Dorvin says, I've been with Abeloth multiple times to the Coruscant Undercity, where she feeds on the fear and despair down there. Uh, remember, uh, remember the last book? Remember yeah. when the last book ended? And instead of 41A, we opened up 41.8. Mm-hmm. 400 stories later. Yeah. And they opened up Han and Leia into the Coruscant Undercity. And then we like just skipped over all that. And yeah, they're out in the... Pew, they're gone into, into the Hapes Cluster. They're gone. They left the solar system. Gone. But when Dorvin's like, hey, you know what? Abeloth goes down there a lot. Dun, dun, dun. And she feeds off the badness there. Because she feeds off pain and agony and fear and despair because yep. bad guy and that's why Han and Leia couldn't stay there it's a bad place 
<laughs> he, <laughs> it was bad before Abeloth got there. He also mentions another thing about how he seems to pick up on the fact that she, her power is amplified by the amount of life on the planet. Mm-hmm. Coruscant is the most inhabited, most populated planet in the galaxy, people-wise, and also... I don't know what flora and fauna exist on the levels of the Undercity, but it's all very much life. I know that no one's been to the surface. of life down there. Yeah. And in the high-rise apartments, right? So, like, he's like, her power is amplified by being in this seat of populace. Just a thing to note. We're learning a little bit about Abeloth finally in the ninth book. Through the eyes of somebody who's been tortured by her and had her tentacles squirm up his life. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I've seen some things. <laughs> but the biggest question is, how do we find the Jedi? Never mind who Abeloth is and what she wants and why she's here. How does she find the Jedi? The Sith say, let's murder so many people that they can't hide anymore. That they have to step out. <laughs> They're going to have to show themselves when we be this evil. And when Dorvin says, Ugh, to your point earlier, where maybe he's fudging the numbers and he's maybe trying to make it seem worse than it is for the Sith, his plan is retreat to the Jedi Temple, gather your numbers in a small area and force them to chase you. Instead of spreading your numbers thin across the entire planet trying to track them down, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't know where they are. Instead of trying to find a hundred rabbit nests... Just go bring a thousand carrots to the Jedi Temple. Spate the trap. Doot, doot, doot. But really, in his mind, he's stalling for time against the horrible atrocities that will be committed against the population of Coruscant. Yeah. If his plan fails, or if the Sith are given their way, and or if Abeloth is left to anyone else's discretion. And he's such a... Um... A master at no this pocket, manipulation that Abeloth is like, yeah, that's not bad. Well, he gives Cor- Coraline he gives or whatever, her a beneficial like option in a political way. Yeah. And so that's his job. So not really surprising she doesn't argue with him, but you're right. It is a, he's done pulled a sneaky on Abeloth. Yeah. Win Dorvin. Yeah. The guy who early books, I was like, I don't need to know this guy's name. <laughs> He's become a Here he has part. saved Raynar Thol, the scholar of Abeloth. <laughs> Here he is <laughs> rescuing Han and Leia Solo at the end of the last book. And now here he is being, you know, rehired after torture time and saving the entire planet of Coruscant. How are we going to find these Jedi? We're gonna set a trap. <laughs> when Dorvin laughs evilly and then winks at the camera. Either yeah. way, and that Sith that's in the bad. room, Coralie or whatever her name was, I think it was a he. That person, I think I saw both pronouns even maybe, but anyway, could be is that person so upset that when <laughs> Dorvin's idea is yeah. taken as the one to, she tries to or he tries to kill him with the, the with the glass yeah, dagger. Yeah, he throws him a shikar. Throws yeah. a car at, at Windorvin. And tentacle and comes then, out. Yeah, Abeloth like snatches it with her sucky pods. <laughs> yeah. And then uh eventually, yeah, Windorvin's idea wins out and not to be funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but man, Abeloth is really creepy in this scene, though. 
Oh, so creepy. She's, she's always so creepy. Yeah, which is really great when she appears. Chapter 7. The Millennium Falcon has now landed on one of the Hapen Fleet's battle dragons. And, according to the eyes laid upon it, tis a sight. The battered transport was the most beautiful thing Queen Mother Tenelka had seen in a long time. It was hissing, pinging, carbon-scorched proof that Han and Leia Solo had survived another close call. That they had cheated death yet again and escaped an ambush that should have left their atoms flying in the Austin winds. Queen Mother Tenelka laying eyes on the Millennium Falcon, reflecting on how these two octogenarians have somehow escaped certain death for the umpteenth billionth time, right? That's a good use of octogenarian. And this is who she chooses to leave her child with. Yeah. Every time I see them, I expect them to have recently escaped certain death. But my kids but my, uh, They wouldn't bring my kid along, Although, would they? <laughs> how sad is she her life? She probably expects them to leave my home. How sad is her life? Oh, that the no, kid we can't talk about that. Is but go ahead. safer with Han and Leia almost death than hanging out with her. It's the unpredictability versus the guarantee. Guaranteed if you... Stay with your mom. You're definitely a target. Mm-hmm. If you go live with Han and Leia solo, you're only eighty percent. We're assuming <laughs> they shouldn't be taking you into danger, <laughs> but alas, they do. But <laughs> you you raise a good point, right? Like, how sad is even the other option that it's worse? How yeah. sad is it that the other option is worse? Mm-hmm. Like, and and Tunnel Call even says something that we've we've mentioned multiple times. Even if they were to fake their deaths and disappear into the galaxy, they would always be hunted. Yeah. They would always be a target, no, no matter if, if they were believed to be dead. Because you have to make sure, right? Like, if you're the one on the throne, you can't have, as I think I even said last week or the week before, you can't have a, a potential princess out there with the proper bloodline yeah. hiding somewhere. Without a body... Yeah, there's, it's not, it's not, you can't. And here on the Haven Battle Dragon are the remains of Jason Solo's family. Oh. Yeah, you thought it was sad before? <laughs> yeah. This is his, his, you know, the woman he would want to have been his wife, the daughter he would want to have raised, and his parents, who watched him fall to the dark side. And have to be murdered by his twin sister. Mm-hmm. This is Jason Solo's family, all here in, on the deck of the uh, Hapen Battle Dragon. Yeah, did you, yeah, you thought that you thought that I, other I, thing was sad, right? Yeah, I didn't think of that sad thing. And they're reunited for the first time in a very long time. I guess uh, not. I guess just since Clatooine, <laughs> since the last vision of a man trying to kill her mom. Yeah, but Clatooine was more in a peripheral. Kind of thing, like they weren't like they didn't they didn't stand with each other on the uh, on ten the... feet apart and, and discuss the ons goings of, you know, uh, the the war action that they're engaged in, right? Mm-hmm. But that's happening here, and they joke off the newest <laughs> near death experience that Alana and the Solo grandparents have offered, and they're all in on it too. All yeah. Tenoka, Alana, Han, <laughs> they're all in on it. And I think part of the part of the narrative is that they have to, yeah. 
you have to laugh it off to keep moving forward because there's more work to be done. And, and you guys are the heroes of the galaxy. Like you're forever, forever in danger or Queens and princesses and also forever and ever in danger. Mm-hmm. But everybody being here together, Alana gets to ask Leia to reach out to master Saba Sabatine in the force and be cool, but also secret. <laughs> yeah. Be cool. Don't let her know too much, but let her know trouble. Right? Yeah, basically Someone try and coming. send her a vision of Tassar. Try in to trouble. send my vision. Where yeah. I saw uh, people attacking eggs. <laughs> Lizard eggs. Uh also it seems that Leia figures it out here, doesn't she? Yeah. There's she's... like a moment where she uh, it's described that she tilts her head or something, her eyes narrow, and she's like she has a sudden look of understanding. Yeah. Like yeah. So she figures out what's going on. Also, by the way, the Solusars are here mm-hmm. with their prosthetics. Yeah. From, quote, the incident. <laughs> <laughs> They're here telling us how. You know what? Actually, everybody made it. Everybody made it off Ossus. Even the ships, the two ships you didn't think made it, they totally made it. And everything's fine. They're like, you know what? Minimal losses. Everything's cool here. And you know what? We made it. The evacuation was a total success. Yeah, 100%. Nobody's lost. Except for this one ship that turns off course right now and is actually a three-kilometer explosion beradium bomb ship. Because, you know, they have beradium bombs. It's better than... I don't know, whatever, hydrogen atomic bombs that we happen to have, but they're cooler. Yeah, beradium's better than uranium. Well, it blows up three kilometers wide, wipes out the entire 300 plus people on the ship, and a whole contingent of MyTill fighters. Yeah, the entire squadron's gone. 14 or so of a squadron, which would be buzzing around, you know, in a radius. Yeah, because... Han, a three Han, kilometer explosion. Han said, "This is weird. We gotta stop that ship." So they go and shoot the. They start shooting the the yeah. engines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, "This ship's veering off course," and then Terran Zell's like, "Hmm, okay, but I think he's right." And then <laughs> she tells Queen Mother, hey, uh, "I think he's right." And then they're like, "Order that ship to shoot at the engines," and they shoot at the engines. And then apparently a Plan B gets enacted, which blows the entire thing up. Yeah. So it was originally. I'm assuming for the Sith, a plan to blow up and kill 30,000 people well, as opposed to 300. Even better, Han Solo says he thinks the plan A was to sneak Sith in with the Jedi escapees mm-hmm. and infiltrate the Jedi and oh, yeah. the Hapen Court. That's a- Because they think Tenel Ka is the queen on the white throne. They think that's her based on her features described from High Lord Talon all the way back at the pool of knowledge and my eyes almost rolled all the way back in my fucking head while I was trying to come up with that information. Yeah, it was it was a but, journey to watch. But they think Tenel Ka is the, is the person on the white throne. That's why they tried to blow her up at Klaatuin. Mm-hmm. But Alana stole the remote control. <laughs> <laughs> out of the sand. But you know, here they are again trying to infiltrate her court and the Jedi order and plan B is blow up a nuclear bomb. 
right? The Sith are bad guys, in case you guys forget. In case anybody doubted it, because they're being... Some of them are good. One of them's turned over to the Jedi, right? In case you forget the Sith are bad, they just blew up approximately 300 people. And Alana feels their end. Yes. Which is very overwhelming for his four, five, six, seven, eight, nine year old. Yeah, just like when she felt Jason go all crazy hatred. Which, yeah, she doesn't mention, which I thought would have been a perfect callback. Mm-hmm. But, well, I guess she was more focused on how her dad was feeling versus the life being lost around him. Yeah. So in this moment, 300 so, yeah, people die. And it's it, it's an overwhelming sensation for the child. And not only that, but we reflect back on how the Sith are trying to kill Tamaka because she thinks it's her on the White Throne. Leia can't reach Saba. Bad news for Alana, right? She's like, oh, can you please tell her a secret message? Can't reach her. Clearly. Can't be sure that she gets the message through. So Alana decides she'll have to go to Coruscant herself. Uh, I'm taking the Falcon. As she tells everybody. <laughs> you know what? Fine. I'll just have to go do it myself. Excuse me, child. Slow the fuck down. She's Han's stubbornness and Leia's smarts, and that makes her super dangerous. But we're forgetting... We say that a lot, don't we? We compare her to her grandparents because that's who's raising her and that's who she's around the most. Yeah. She's Jason and Tenel Ka. Two of the most <laughs> adventurous bullheaded Jedi in the history of the temple. Yep. Yeah, as much as she is her grandparents, she's even more so those two. I do keep forgetting that. I do too. And it's yeah. just you... Reflecting it the same way I normally think about it made me realize I forget to attribute Jason and Tenelka to her because Tenelka has disappeared from her life and Jason is dead. <laughs> had she been... No, I'm serious. Like, had she yeah. been spending this entire series with her parents, we would reflect all of her behavior against her parents. And it wouldn't be too much different either. But she's, it would... <laughs> <laughs> no, it wouldn't. No. no, you're totally right. Oh my god, they're great, and she's great, and they're all great. I I love this kid. Anyways, she's going to go to Coruscant by herself. But instead, Han and Leia are going to go to Coruscant to warn the bearables. And you know what, Alana? Grandpa says you're not allowed to come. Yeah, so she's going to stow so, away, right? <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> You know what? I would say no. I would say no. Let me let me explain why I didn't even think of that. Because she's with Hape and Security. Mm-hmm. She's with her mom. She's with Tara and Zell. And a lot of people that would be very focused on the Kumada. Yes. Or Chumada. Or whatever. Chumdai? Chumada. Yeah, it, not some uh, crack security team that let her just go off by Yeah, her homeboy who got fired for falling in love with the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, in three seconds. Javin Tools. Yeah. Yeah, he's a real tools. But, <laughs> no, seriously, I didn't even cross my mind because of the level of security that she's with. But I would not be surprised at all. Mm-hmm. And the funniest part of this whole scene is the ending of it. Where Han tells her, you're not allowed to come. And she's like, you're being a Ronto head. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I may be a Ronto head, but you're staying here. <laughs> and I just, I could see the whole thing unfold in reality uh, of people. Like, yeah. it was so, it was just so genuine. And the little girl goes, stalks off to the corner uh, because uh, she's uh, all fine, upset. Fine, fine. And according yeah. to you, 
into a smuggling compartment. Probably, yeah, she's right? going to be there yeah, somewhere. Yeah, of course she is. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> she's not going to be left behind for book nine, returning to the Jedi Temple. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of course she is. Oh, my God. Grandpa says no. So now she's got to go. But, man, these Sith are evil, eh? They yeah. blew up 300 people. Children, families. Yep. And they did it in front of everybody, in front of this whole sweet, really sweet, full family scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapter eight. More watching. Luke Skywalker is watching Admiral Boatu address his loyal betrayer troops about how they're going to save the Galactic Alliance from all the corruption and secret con- conspiracies that you would not believe are happening beneath the surface. But this committed group of hundred or so people, maybe a, a couple hundred or a thousand. across various of Admiral Buatu's commands mm-hmm. dedicated to him, loyal to him. He's so respected that they're, they're throwing their lives, their careers, whatever on the line based on his, their reputation, their, their, yeah. their, yeah, their life uh, on his word alone. And isn't that exactly what was wrong in the last series? The, the personalization of power in the military mm-hmm. where they weren't loyal to the Galactic Alliance. They were loyal to Jason Solo. Yeah. He specifically created a Galactic Alliance guard a la a certain Nazi who might have existed once upon 1940s times. Created his own secret police to be loyal to him. Extracurricular of the government itself. But now we're celebrating that because yeah. it's revolution time. Which has always kind of been the hypo- <laughs> has always kind of been the hypocrisy of the Rebel Alliance. Yeah, the amount of murdering they're willing to do for freedom versus the amount of murdering the Empire is willing to do for stability is comparable. It's, yeah, right. Yep. But here we are again, living out the same thing where Luke Skywalker's with admiration, not to, to be too illiterate alliterate excuse me (laughs) (laughs) he's with admiration watching admiral puatu give this speech about how we're gonna overthrow the government because it's corrupt and i promise you and here's the proof and follow me into battle based on my opinions yeah overthrow the government based on the information i'm giving you but i'm a good guy who can be trusted you got luke leading another rebellion very interesting parallel, isn't that? And they're sitting in a room of space marines, he calls them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're all—they're probably all going to die. A lot of them are going to die starting today. Because it's time to storm the Jedi Temple. Here's the plan. Luke Skywalker steps up in front of a room full of people and says the plan. Attack the perimeter of the Jedi Temple in 30 different spots. To draw... And spread them out. All the Sith, they're going to have to defend 30 different spots. We're going to get them all out. And we're going to be able to... Second part of the plan. Luke Skywalker sneaks in and shuts off the big shield. Mm -hmm. Around the Jedi Temple. Shuts off the shield. Third part of the plan, we blow them to bits. Atoms and pieces uh, with guns on ships. So Death Star plan. Isn't that so funny that you think that? Because let me just read the next part of my note here. 
Uh, we blast them to atoms with ship weapons. Hey, Tim, we are doing a, rev- <laughs> a return of the Jedi, I think. Yep. And also, Return of the Jedi being a repeat of A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Where, in A New Hope, Obi-Wan Kenobi has to shut down the reactor, right? Shut down the... Shoom, 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 and the shields go down and they can escape. And then they can come back and blow it up. Mm-hmm. Episode three. That's not right. <laughs> I said episode three because I almost said Revenge of the Jedi. <laughs> Anyways, episode six, Return of the Jedi, Han and Leia have to go to Endor. They have to go off-site to shut down the shields for the Death Star Mm -hmm. while all the Space Marines and General Cannon Fodder Army draws the attention of the Imperial fleet while somewhere in the depths of everything, Luke Skywalker is going to have some really philosophical force battle. Yep. We're do we're doing a return of the Jedi. We're doing we, it, bud. We are. We're doing it. It's happening. And you know what? God bless the stability mm-hmm. <laughs> of of <laughs> of being able to count on that, right? Yeah, I'm not mad about it. No, and it's fine. Uh obviously geez, I mean, what was the last series? What would you call that? That was kind of an unprecedented sort of ending. The way that the family was, you know, it's not like it's not like the original Star Wars ended with Luke Skywalker murdering his dad. Oh, or wait his a second. Sister. Oh, wait a minute. You mean like like it like like the person he loved the most died in his lap while <laughs> <laughs> while totally coming back to the light and renouncing all the things they did in the dark. Here we are in book nine of Fate of the Jedi doing a return of it. Mm hmm. And I think that's what's happening. But here's a question. What will Luke's secret tide turning force duel be? Huh? What will it be this time? Palpatine and Vader are definitely dead, I think. I think. Right? Maybe. Probably. Pretty dead. Jason Solo went into Anakin Skywalker's memories and and got to visit those. So he must be dead. Mm Mm-hmm. So this big game-changing, force-balancing altercation that's coming at the end of this fight must be against Avaloth. Yeah. Right. Where we have the general war happening, the Empire versus the Rebellion, Mm -hmm. the Sith versus the Jedi. You're outnumbered 5 to 10 to (laughs) 1. Or so. or, Or so. Right? It's... That's 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 one parallel. And then the parallel of I got to get in there and shut the shield off cuz everything's got to have a shield. Yeah, you got to protect Honestly, in a universe of energy shields, everything better have a shield. My car better have a shield. My space phone better have an energy shield so that when I drop it, it just like static globes and then lands gently on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Like it, yeah. you better, right? So <laughs> thus the thus the reiteration of the same I guess story over and over, but I really think we're doing a return of the Jedi, man. Yeah, and I'm I'm here for it because Avaloth is so still new. Enigmatic. Yeah. Interesting. Just a mystery, but so intriguing of one. Mm-hmm. 
And how is that going to play out with Luke Skywalker in the heart of the Jedi Temple? Because that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. All the Sith have been told to pull back to the Jedi Temple. All of the Jedi are on Coruscant. Not all of them. Apparently only hundreds out of a thousand. A chunk. But what we're setting up for in the first eight chapters of this book, the first, Jesus, fifth of the book, we're setting up for a showdown in the heart of the Jedi Temple. Why do you think the bearable babies are at threat? They are in the deepest depths of the abyss that can be the basement of the Jedi Temple. In the it, almost like the undercity and the twisting, turning tunnels of, of maintenance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's all coming back to the Jedi Temple. Back to the place that Luke Skywalker abandoned on purpose. And is this all part of his plan? Is this all what he didn't tell somebody? Where he knows Abeloth's here and he's going to have some sort of metaphysical showdown with her in the throne room where she falls down an electrical shaft and gets zapped to bits while she's trying to kill his dad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we're doing a return of the Jedi, Tim. Back to the book. Back to the story. All those Marines who are supposed to be holding the perimeter and attacking in 30 different spots, they all get Jedi backup. Thank the Force. All of their Jedi are crazy. Yep. (laughs) They're all crazy Jedi. Nikhil's in there. How many times have these crazy Jedi been in the forefront or background and we've been just waiting for them to tip over again? And here they are going to where Abeloth is going to be. Here they are going to what Luke Skywalker is going to be the strength of distraction of the battle. And maybe, whoa, this is coming to me now. Maybe he's putting all of these vulnerable Jedi on the front lines as a distracting target for the Abeloth that he knows must be here. Okay. Imagine Luke Skywalker is the only one that knows that she's there because he would never tell anyone else. Mm -hmm. Why would you put crazy teenager Jedi with all of these teams when you could put a Solusar? Yeah, you got two masters sitting right there. Right. Cam and Tiana are right there. And maybe you're saving the masters for the raid on the temple and whatever, but uh, I'm sniffing out Some Luke Skywalker knowing some things he ain't telling people, and I wouldn't be surprised for the 150th time in 18 books. Yeah, just (laughs) wait wait till chapter 10. He'll let us know. Oh, have you read ahead? No, not yet. I know, I know. I'm just joking. Anyways, uh, Crazy Jedi get assigned to all the teams of poor space marines that are going to be the distraction at the perimeter. Not a problem. It's not a problem. No, it'll be fine. But you know who doesn't get assigned to a team? Basil Warv. Our man, Barv. Yeah, oh, Barvy himself. And I thought about this earlier. I say all those vowels differently. Basil. Arv. No, I don't say Arv. Warv. Orv. Mm-hmm. Right? And then Barv. I have an A, an O, and an R. And all three of those vowels, that should be matching at least two out of three because it's his nickname. So one, it has to come from the A in the basil or the or in warv. It's not barv. No, it's borv. 
Or it's Bear. Bar. Bear. <laughs> Bear. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> That's just a little side note that occurred to me at one point where I was like, I don't uh, I don't consistently pronounce these people's names correctly. But Basil Warv slash Barv it can't be assigned to a distraction team because he gets Alana's special mission. I feel like I said too many shiz in there. Special mission. Nope, that was right. Yeah. Anyways. Too, remember remember all the, the way back to that book where we were like, uh-oh, bad news. He found out that there's bearables in the basement of the temple with Alana. Why is this crazy man in charge of Alana? And then guess what else he found out? Mm-hmm. Exactly what he tells Luke Skywalker that just about gives the man a panic attack. Yeah, Luke starts freaking out. What else does he know? How does he know it? Well, how does he know this? He knows... Alana's real name and identity. Excuse me. Why do you say that out loud to Luke Skywalker? You know what that's foreshadowing? Saying it out loud to Luke Skywalker's equal adversary. Yeah. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. I put my hands up and say, I don't remember this and I'm not claiming this as truth. But why else is he spoiling the secret at the beginning of the book if he's not going to spoil it again for the wrong person? Yeah. And this is, as we've been told, book after book after book since the pool of knowledge, the most dangerous secret in the galaxy, man. Basil Warv knows that Alana is Amelia, the daughter of Tenelka, the queen of hapes, and the butt... On the White Throne. I don't know if he knows that part, actually. <laughs> I don't know if he knows the White Throne I don't know if he part. knows about the White Throne, but he knows the rest of it. He knows who she is. Yep. Oh, just to remind us, eh? Just to remind us at the end of this episode, because that's fine. And it's going to be fine. And how many times has it come up where we've just said, that's fine. These crazy people are going to be fine. It's okay that her, he knows her secret. That's fine. Everything's okay. It's going to be fine, right, Tim? It'll be fine to read, for sure. What could possibly go wrong? Find out next week when we cover Fate of the Jedi, Book 9, Apocalypse, Chapters 9 through 12. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Barf, man. Barf. Things are going crazy. <laughs> For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.